The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Taking an early look at one of the worst free agent classes ever. Hopefully, there will be some sexy trades that go down during this NFL offseason. Uh, or else it might be a little bit boring, but we're going to make it fun for you here on Fantasy Football Today. Please don't turn off the podcast. I didn't sell it very well. I do have Jamie and Dan here, our Friday mailbag crew. What's up, guys? What's up? That's good to see that you're still perfecting your intros and dancing on the toilet, so I feel like everything's <laughs> set to go. Yes. I need to bring this camera a little closer so it looks less like I'm on a toilet. <laughs> Wait, what, did, what was the other thing that someone said, Dan? Oh, you emailed it to me. I forgot. This like was a, a new high school one. yearbook was, picture. Oh, it looks like I'm in a yearbook picture. I don't know what that one is. It's funny either way. So today's topic is if blank goes to the blank, then blank. So something like if Dan goes to the bathroom, then we must be on the air. Something like that. But uh, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, then Garrett Wilson is this, you know, those types of things. Uh, before we get into that, let's just go over some of the potential free agents. If all of these guys became free agents, it would be a great class. But obviously it's not going to happen. Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. They could all be free agents. Josh Jacobs. Well, they could all be free, but you know, a lot of them, are, at least Jones and Smith, look like they're going to resign with their teams and maybe Lamar Jackson too. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard. We already have a report that Pollard's likely to get the franchise tag. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas. At tight end, you're looking at Dalton Schultz and Evan Ingram. Uh, we know Gerald Everett might not be back in the in Los Angeles, so. Uh, there are some names and always trades that could shake things up as well. Okay. It's actually a pretty good running back free agent class. It's just the receiver is is dragging everything down so much. I feel like everyone's a little sour on this class. But running backs, there's there's a lot of talent there. Like who? Like who could? Who do you think hits the market at running back? But that's yeah. That I I think Barkley very well might hit this market. I really do have this feeling just from everything Joe Shane has said, the Giants general manager, there don't seem to be budging off that number. And he's going, if he hits the market, there are some teams with a lot of cap space and a quarterback on a rookie contract, maybe one we get to a little bit later in my if and comment that I think could offer him a deal that if you're Barkley, are you taking $4 million less just to play for the Giants? I don't think that's going to be the case. All right, so let's start with an if blank goes to the blank, then blank. We'll do a couple of these. Then we'll give you some news and notes. We'll make fun of I have a segment in here called Making Fun of Dan. We'll do that. <laughs> and uh, and then we'll get back to this game. But, Jamie, give me your first. If blank goes to the blank, then blank. If Lamar Jackson goes to Atlanta, which is a potential destination for him if he is uh, set free from the Ravens, then Kyle Pitts will become a top five fantasy tight end. Can we be a little bolder? Like, why not number three? I mean, he could be number three. He could be number one. Um, you know, it's just 
I'd, I'd, I'd like to see what the rest of this team looks like. I'd like to see what happens if you have to make a trade to get him, you know, what they may have to give up, you know, so there's a lot still at play here. So, yes, he could be number, you know, you wanted to be bolder, well, he could be number three. Where would you rank him? If Lamar Jackson goes to the Falcons, where would you rank Pitts? I would right now still put him behind Dallas Goddard and TJ Hawkinson just because mm-hmm. I, I think we've been a little too quick, myself included, to rush him up the flagpole and say that Kyle Pitts is the next great thing and is going to be a superstar and, you know, building off his 1,000-yard rookie season and getting, you know, maybe a quarterback upgrade or, or a system upgrade with, you know, what happened, Matt Ryan leaving and, and Marcus Mariota coming in, et cetera. Um, he just hasn't been that guy yet. So, you know, I, I think there are a couple of safer options. Uh, again, Hawkinson, Goddard. And, and the top two guys of Kelsey and Andrews. Uh, but if you think that that that's going to unleash his upside, and I'll probably, you know, I, I may get there myself if, if Lamar Jackson gets to Atlanta. But I, I think third at best, but but I think you can put him in the top five again, and, and hopefully he lives up to it. What do you think about that, Dan? If Lamar Jackson goes to the Falcons, then Kyle Pitts will become basically tight end five, maybe better. I love that. I love that call by Jamie. I, I would, for me... I think Jamie's completely right. So I think it makes a lot more sense to draft Hawkinson and Goddard over him, even if Lamar Jackson is traded to the, because I think he would have to be traded. I don't think the Ravens are going to play this stupid. I think they're going to put the franchise tag. I've actually read they might put the exclusive franchise tag on him, which means if the Falcons were to sign him, the Ravens get back two first round picks. But if that happens, they give us some assets. He could be the focal point of that. Him and London could be the focal point of that offense. We still don't know if that'll be a pass first offense. So I don't want to be too bullish on the situation but i knowing the way i draft in fantasy i won't be taking hawkinson and goddard over pitts because to me those two don't have as clear path to winning you your league and to being that breakout tight end in the more in the kelsey range so it just kind of depends on how you like to draft your teams and what kind of risk factor you have but i can totally see him being a top five if he's traded there if i would want- probably put oh, him at, like just thinking about it now i'd probably put him yeah. at a goddard just because you know, the things that we talk about, you know, number one, number two in targets, uh, we, we've kind of illustrated that, that Goddard's path to doing that is much more challenging because of A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith. Um, the reason I, I said, you know, see what the trade is, like, like the Ravens may say we want Drake London back. You know, that right. could be something that 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 happens. And and I'm sure if you're Atlanta, okay, <laughs> we'll take Lamar Jackson for, for Drake London as part of the package. Uh, but in any event, you know, just to see how it all would, would shake out. But I, I do think that, because I could see Hawkinson – like Thielen being gone from Minnesota, yep. you know, and, and I think Hawkinson's clear-cut number two ahead of somebody like, like, like K.J. Osborne. Uh, yep. Real final question on this. If you wanted to draft, if you wanted to be high on Kyle Pitts, would you rather him, ha- would you rather they sign Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr? Or trade, whatever, get Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr? Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson, just because you've seen what he's been able to do with Mark Andrews, not right. that Waller and, and Carr have right. been bad together in terms of the quarterback-tight end combination by any stretch. But I, I think there's there's just so much more explosiveness in that offense if Lamar Jackson's the quarterback, as opposed to you know not knowing if Derek Carr, you know, goes to a different situation and becomes and, and please don't take it you know one for one, but Tom Brady you know just steps into a, a better a different situation and becomes just as good if not better just because he's throwing so much, or he becomes Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, where it just you know it's 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 switching teams and it's just a disaster. Okay, Dan, give me your favorite. If blank goes to the blank, then blank. Yeah, this will be a little bit surprising, I guess, if you listen to me last preseason, but I do feel this way now, and I'll tell you why I came around to it. If Dalton Schultz signs with the Chargers, he's going to be a top six tight end in fantasy next year. And Dalton Schultz is a player who I came around to. I wasn't high on him last offseason, but watching him play, I do think there are little nuances in his game and the ability to find space in zones. And it's not Travis Kelsey, and I don't want to make that comparison at all, but similar in the sense that they do a good job of pivoting off their feet and then creating space. And if he goes to the Chargers, he rejoin, he um, sorry reunites with Kellen Moore, who kind of made him and turned him into the player that he is. Also, there's a chance the Chargers may be moving on from some of their weapons. As we've seen, they're in a precarious salary cap situation. Justin Herbert's contract is coming as well. They can't really kick the can with some of these deals like Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett might also walk. This also is dependent, of course, on Gerald Everett walking. But if they do sign Dalton Schultz, I think Gerald Everett will walk. So I think there's a really good opportunity for him to be a very heavy target player with a quarterback who can get him the football for sure and an offensive coordinator who knows how to best utilize him. Jamie, your thoughts? If Dalton Schultz goes to the Chargers, then Schultz will be a top six tight end in fantasy. I, I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit 
uh, I believe it was Monday show, you know, in terms of not just Gerald Everett, but Keenan Allen leaving also, you know, if both those guys are gone, then you're looking at a lot of vacated targets for an offense that I think is still going to be very successful throwing the ball, just going to have to figure out who the parts are. So for me, uh, you know, one of mine uh, for this exercise also was Mike Gusecki, just piggybacking off what I said on Monday. I think if they can find a playmaking tight end, I think it's going to be great. Uh, as Dan illustrated, you know, Kellen Moore seems to like utilizing that position. I think Justin Herbert has shown he likes utilizing that position. And so if you're talking about not to, to me, it's more about if Keenan Allen's gone, because if Keenan Allen is gone, then there's just such a wide open opportunity to feature somebody else. And so it could be Josh Palmer. It could be Schultz. It could be Gusecki. It could be, you know, rookie that they draft. You know, they, they have to find some way to be creative because Mike Williams is not going to carry the passing game by himself. So um, if, if more, most importantly, Keenan Allen is, is not there, any type of splash, and, and I know Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, these aren't splashy names, but they're certainly significant players in this opportunity if they get it. And so any of these these type of guys, Schultz would have much more upside than Gasecki just based on what we've seen. Uh, but any any free agent tight end going there with a departure of Allen, most importantly, but but Gerald Everett on top of it would be great. Yeah, and we're talking a lot about tight ends here, so we might as well stick to that theme. And Jamie already mentioned it that we we always allude to uh, t- top five tight ends almost always are one or two on their team in targets. Uh, that did not really hold up as much this year. There were two tight ends who finished in the top five this year who uh, were not top five, top two on their team in targets. So Hawkinson, I'm going to say he was because he, you know, he basically was with both Detroit and Minnesota. So he's a little tricky, but he was. But Kittle was not. He was tight end three overall, and Ingram was not. He was tight end five overall. Um, but I think in like the previous four years, there may have been only one tight end that finished top five without being one or two on his team in targets, and it was Robert Tunyon, who was very close. Uh, but so anyway, that is something that that didn't quite hold up as much this year, but still I'm going to look for. So I, so I would push back on what you said, Dan, and say it would have to be a departure of Keenan Allen or, or not okay. Mike Williams. Right? That, that's my thought is maybe he could be six, but I don't, I don't think Schultz would make a huge impact if he were on a team with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, it does seem like they want to run the ball a little bit more based on public comments. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, Schultz is good, but I don't know that he's good enough if he's third on the team in targets to really be a big difference maker. That would be the counter to it. And I think that's fair. It, it does it is dependent on him somewhat taking over the, what the role that Keenan Allen has in that short to intermediate range, the third down role. But I think ultimately what we could see, while they will lean more heavily on the run like they've said they want to do, Part of that to me is just them saying that because they want to establish more of a run game so they can run more play action, five-step, seven-step drop shot plays, which will actually work better in in, uh, Dalton Schultz's favor because those help the tight end in the middle of the field to create kind of more of those explosive plays. So I just, thinking about how that offense is going to evolve with Justin Herbert next year, how they kind of want to go away from the Lombardi quick hitting, short passing game into more of an intermediate passing game, I think that could really help a tight end. And I think Kellen Moore could could get a lot out of him. But I do agree, if he's third on the total, him pull there in targets it's going to be harder for him to get to that range but to be fair though um and and this is factoring in clearly the different personnel this system is coming from a place where dalton schultz was a successful fantasy tight end two years ago with amari cooper and cd Lamb. Right. you know so he still was able to not necessarily dominate targets and may not dominate targets if there is a keenan allen and mike williams but kellen moore's system and, and and obviously I hadn't taken into account, you know, how the head coach is going to feel about maybe trying to, you know, make more of an imprint on, on the run game. But, you know, if they are throwing the ball to the same level and Justin Herbert's commanding the offense like he should, then there still should be enough targets for Dalton Schultz while he may not lead the team, like a Dallas Goddard situation where you're still going to feel pretty good about yeah. this type of player in the system. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it comes down to. Like, can you see if a range, Adam, where I know you were high on him before the year, and I think a lot of factors played a role in his kind of somewhat down season, Justin Herbert, losing his left tackle, losing his right tackle, getting to a third string center at some point, Joe Lombardi's the OC. But can you see a world where this offense takes off with Kellen Moore, they're healthier, and now he's throwing for like 5,000, like Burrow and Mahomes, yeah. and then there's oh. a lot of yards to go around. For well, look, shoulder. right, like let's, it's not even that hard, right? Let's look at Dallas in 2021. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott threw for just under, well, the team, because Cooper Rush played a, a little bit that year too. Uh, Dak missed a game, I guess. Um, but the team threw for almost 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 
You had CeeDee Lamb with 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. You had Amari Cooper with 865 yards and eight touchdowns. You had Schultz with 808 and eight touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I can see it. That year, 2021, Dalton Schultz was tied for second on the Cowboys with 104 targets, so he did finish top two in targets. He did meet that criteria. He was number five per game. He was number three overall. And number three overall tight end, look at these numbers. I mean, they don't really jump out at you, right? 808 <laughs> yards, 78 catches, 808 yards, and eight touchdowns on 104 targets in 17 games. That made him the number three overall tight end in fantasy in 2021. But that's more like number six. I mean, that's, that's yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, number five per game, and yeah, number three overall. All right, uh, let me tell you about the CBS Sports app, which I am on all the time. You can listen and watch the podcast. Uh, you know, well, you know, you listen and watch the podcast, and you got all your best bets and all the things that you do on CBSSports.com. You can follow it all on the CBS Sports app. We've got lightning fast live scoring for all major sports. Track your favorite teams or just individual games you have an interest in with a click of a button. Get your breaking news alerts. You can watch live sports. If a game's on CBS, I believe it's on CBS Sports Network, you can watch it on the app and get all the latest updates. And it is totally free if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android. The easiest way to keep your finger on the pulse of every game that matters, check out the CBS Sports app. Time now to make fun of Dan. Jamie, you've been making fun of Dan (laughs) off the air for being late to our mock draft yesterday. And he was three minutes late to today's show as well. Two minutes late to today's show. Now you're three minutes late. But I would like to share a text message I got from Dan uh, the other day. He was on our Tuesday show. and Oh, no. He said... (laughs) Wait a second. Where are you? Oh, God. This can only go in one direction, and it's not good for me. Uh, This came at 10.05 a.m. Am I in the right stream? No one else is here yet. (laughs) And I wrote, 11 a.m., buddy. He was an hour. He was 55 minutes early to a podcast. Did not read the schedule right. I was on Tom Coughlin time for that day. <laughs> I also, I, I, I saw in Slack that he sent a message to our fantasy group that he has to jump off or you know, he can't be doing in his content work because he had to be in the, the, the podcast at, at 10 a.m. To which Dave replied, you scared me. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was 10 a.m. Yeah. So he fooled Dave oh. as well. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, let's uh, let's do the news and notes here. See what we got. Um, yeah, there's some. Sam Howell is going to enter the offseason as Washington's number one quarterback. Wow! Does anyone think there's a realistic chance that Sam Howell starts the season as their quarterback? <sighs> That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look what they have. <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh, I did see uh, somebody. I guess there was a commentator in, in Washington say. You've been trying to bench Taylor Heineke for two years, and every right. time he plays, he saves your ass, Ron Rivera. Um, that uh, you know, between Heineke, Wentz, and and Howell, let them compete. You know, let them compete. See what happens, and you know, you know, you have have options if you have to. You know, go go a different direction. If those are the three quarterbacks on the roster to start the season, I think that Howell has a very good chance of starting because I think it's their best. It's in their best interest. I I felt like he should have been a round three pick. I was very surprised that Sam Howell fell to round five. I thought usually when those when you take those round five guys, they have no arm talent. And they can't throw the the passes outside the numbers, but Howell actually can, and he has a pretty good arm. So I'm, and he can run a little. So I'm actually intrigued to see if they give him a shot, but. Washington strikes me as a team that's going to make a big move for a quarterback this offseason. I'm not quite sure yet which one. I've actually seen some Lamar Jackson to Washington rumors. Have you guys seen any of that? And that would intrigue me. It's not too far of a move for him from Baltimore to Washington, and I think they would be the type of team to make that move. But that's obviously you know a little bit more speculative. Uh, I'm sure they would probably love to get into the conversation, but yeah. you know I don't. To I think if they're going to try and acquire another quarterback again, it's probably going to be in the Garoppolo, Carr, Jameis Winston, you know, type of guy that... Well, that's not exciting. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, so I think if, if they're going that route again, then you might as well just see what Sam Howell has because if, right. if clearly if they don't win, you know, Ron Rivera's most, most likely going to lose his job. And for a franchise that's got so much in flux with ownership and all those things that are going on there, it almost feels like a, a reset is coming. Now, clearly, the offense coordinator is going to matter, which they don't have one yet. So, right. you know, we'll see what happens there in terms of who that person wants to put under center. 
Derek Carr was like the fifth Pro Bowl alternate. Okay, he made the Pro Bowl last year. So this, I feel like you have like a secret man crush on on Derek Carr. Like every time we say something slightly negative about Derek Carr, and it's it's not like you know nobody's trashing him, but you like come to his defense all the time. Well, I think it did just kind of trash him. You just said, "How did we trash?" It comes down to. Sam Howell, Taylor Heineke, and Carson Wentz, or Derek Carr, you might as well go with the Heineke, Wentz, Howell No, trio. I think No, I think but if, Jamie's if, talking if, about this 30,000-foot view. He's saying if you're in the fran- position that that franchise is in, why are you investing in a Derek Carr? Right, they've this tried this about, already yeah, now for the last that's couple what of years. Yeah, but, Carr is, saying, but Carr is better than Wentz. Of course okay, he is. yes, that's right. not the point so he's trying to make. He makes them better. But he it, makes it, them better unless, instantly. Unless he is free and right. you have to sign him, Without overpaying him, I mean, look, they gave up two second round picks yeah. to get Carson Wentz. Yes. How's that working out for him? No, you don't. Tra- that- but he, sh- he, there's a decent, there's a pretty solid chance that Derek Carr will be a free agent. As okay, even okay, if he is so, a free agent, then you need to sign him for a one year deal, Adam, to avoid what Jamie's discussing. And even in so, that scenario, what is that even getting you? And there is very little chance that Derek Carr is going to Washington on a one year right, deal, right? A free agent. But I, I think you know, as you know, you guys obviously know the NFC East. Does Derek Carr make Washington a playoff contender in that division? Yeah, not to me. Yes, no. they were a playoff contender this year. Okay, contender for okay, contender sure. Okay, everyone's do, do, a playoff do, contender. Do, do they make? Does that make them a Super Bowl contender? No, that's the question. There it is. No, but I can tell you. Then what? So why go that uh, route? But because is, Dan, is how exciting was it this year for Giants fans? We weren't Super Bowl contenders, but we were tired of but being that's crappy. A di- that's a different scenario. We were, we're tired of being bad. It was, they, it was nice to be exciting. Game. Yeah, that's but it a was a different right. scenario. Could the Giants are going to. You think Washington Adam, with Derek Carr is 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 a team that could make a run in the playoffs? No, I think Washington with Derek Carr could be as good as the Giants were this year. Okay, but that's not the point that James, look. The point James is trying to make is you have an owner. You have a situation where this franchise is in flux. They're going to try to find a new owner at some point pretty soon. Do you want to sell that owner that we just re-signed Derek Carr for three or four years, and you're inheriting that, or do you want to say we have a clean slate? We played Sam Howell. Now you get to do that. You get to uh, kind of craft this franchise how you want at the quarterback. Oh, that's position. fine. I just I just want to yeah. make it clear that he was he's an upgrade over the over the three guys. Sure, he's a short term upgrade. He's an upgrade over yeah. them. Yeah. So is Garoppolo. So is yeah. Probably Jameis Winston. I mean, there, yes. there are lots of guys that are that are upgrades over what they have, but they've been trying to put a Band-Aid on this now for the last several right. years as opposed to let's, let's invest in either a young guy, whether you, you, you believe in Sam Howell or not, to see what he has for a season or the majority of a season, or do you go out and put another Band-Aid on it? Derek Carr is not the long-term answer. No, no. I, yeah, that's, that's true, and they're not, a, they're not one solid quarterback away from – being a true contender, I get that. I was just I, I interpreted it as like he's not that big of an upgrade, but I guess we're all in the same. No, page. It, and if if we're playing it like a fantasy team, yes, I'd much rather have Derek yeah. Carr than the, the guys that they have. Yeah, you're playing this as what's going to get us to where we want to eventually get to, you know, to be a Super Bowl team. It's not signing Derek Carr. Yeah, but that's a tough sell for Ron Rivera because you know he's out. Basically, you don't know it, but good chance he's out right. if they go with Howell or whatever and have another bad year. So there, there is that. Competing unless you get the right coordinator in place and he has a Daniel Jones type of season. Not that he's going to do that, but you know, I mean, he takes a big step forward. Yep. All right. Brock Purdy's going to have elbow surgery, but expected the most time we ever spent on an NFC East team aside from the Giants. (laughs) Are you kidding? We've been spending a lot of time in the Eagles lately. Uh, Brock Purdy's going to have elbow surgery, but expected to be ready for training camp. Uh, But you know, we'll see how that goes. It could be, it's a real big opportunity for Trey Lance, obviously from now till then. Tony Pollard expected to receive the franchise tag, and also Dallas could keep Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, running it back with those two guys again. Um, would there be any question about, Jamie, who would be drafted first, Pollard or Zeke? Oh, it's definitely Pollard. It's not not even close. Uh, I, I think Zeke staying there saves his fantasy value because if he goes to the market, you're <laughs> talking about the Melvin Gordon path. You yeah. know, I mean, just think about like what's what's gone on with, with that type of guy, you know. So um I I think if if you have Zeke in, in a dynasty league or a long-term keeper league and you're hoping, you know, he could still have some fantasy value, staying in Dallas is the best case for him because that ownership group clearly, but the coaching staff as well is gonna, you know, still give him opportunities to get work and, and probably touchdowns. But clearly, if you if you watch the last two seasons, Tony Pollard is the best running back in Dallas. Okay, so let's say they bring them both back. Real quick, guys, just give me a round for Tony Pollard. Healthy by training camp? Yep. I think he goes no later than round four. 
Yeah, I would say no later than round four, and I think we'll see him much higher than that when when it all rolls around. There's going to be a lot of hype around him. There's a lot of people, and and the thing that's interesting is a lot of people will assume this is the year he does take over the role, but I'm not so sure if they bring Zeke back, like if they restructure that deal to a point where they're like, all right, we can accept this. How much of a how much of an upgrade in the role do you think will will come, Jamie and Adam? Because I'm not certain we're going to see too much different than what we saw this year. For Pollard, you mean? For Pollard, right. Because I still, we would want him, obviously, over Zeke. But it's like, if you're going to get him pushed all the way into round three, where I think he could come, he needs to have a he needs to have a bigger share than he had this year, I think. Uh, I, I would agree with that. I don't know, much bigger, but but probably, you know, the touchdown opportunities were, were right. clearly a big part of this. I, I also think you got to take into account, you know, two years ago, Zeke played through what, what was probably a, a more than a minor knee injury. Right. Last year, he sat out two games with an injury. You know, he's getting to that point in his career where, you know, he might not be able to fight through those type of things. And so if that missed time becomes, you know, True. two games to five games to maybe more, you know, we saw what Pollard was capable of doing in, in that stretch. He was a monster. So um, I, I still would be comfortable with him in, in round I, round three be a little bit tough. But, you know, round four is probably the beginning where I start to look for him. All right. One final thing on that. <laughs> I remember last. Sorry. Adam, I said, did I just, say just real quick, give me a number, guys. <laughs> right, one final ahead. nugget. Last offseason, a lot of us discussed the Zeke situation. We were like, remember, he's playing through that injury last year. Now that it, now they say he's looking fresh in camp, things are going to be good. And a lot of people use that as a way to kind of get in on Zeke as maybe a buy low. But I think it's maybe a good lesson for us long term when we get these running backs who are up there in age and carries and tread. Don't buy into the hype of the good you know, the good training camp, the good preseason coming off the injury, using that as an excuse, because when they get to that point, we're starting to see more studies that show like after the age of 26, these guys are just falling off in productivity. Well, it's also when there's a young player that has shown you something to be, but you know, like, so just to flip that to, let's say the chargers where you could get maybe, you know, to Adam's point, they want to run the ball more. And Eckler's now entering, I think age 28 season. Um, you know, they have an Isaiah Spiller who may have a, a, a strong camp or something along those lines, you know, right. or Joshua Kelly does something, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, that I don't think is the same because we haven't seen it from those guys yet. Yeah. You know, we've seen Tony Pollard look like Tony Pollard. Right. You know, so a little bit different situation. All right. And the Chiefs seem to be getting pretty healthy ahead of the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes practicing in full. That doesn't mean he's fully healthy, um, but that's good. Juju Smith-Schuster practicing in full. Kadarius Tony apparently running around like crazy. <laughs> so, um Big preview tomorrow with some player props that we like. We'll take a break, and when we come back, if blank goes to the blank, then blank. We're, if Fantasy Football Today goes to the commercial, then you will stick around. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's get some more scenarios, some if-then scenarios for free agency. Jamie, give me your next. If blank goes to the blank, then blank. Uh, it's not if blank goes to the blank, it's if blank leaves the blank. So if uh, David Montgomery leaves the Bears, Khalil Herbert will be a top 20 fantasy running back if he's the only guy there in Chicago, the main guy there in Chicago. Okay. I mean, I think you, you know, if David Montgomery goes to another team, eh, fine. Uh, all right, Khalil Herbert, would you, in that scenario, David Montgomery's gone. Khalil Herbert's a starting running back. Tony Pollard and Zeke are both back in Dallas. Tony Pollard or Khalil Herbert? Oh, still Pollard, but you know, I, w- I would certainly say Khalil Herbert over Ezekiel Elliott. 
Um, th- he's not going to be the only guy there, you know. So I, uh, that's why I try to rephrase it. I, I shouldn't have said it that way in the beginning. Um, it's going to depend on who's in the backfield with them. You know, they have a lot of draft picks, you know, from the moves that they've made. So is is running back a clear priority for them when they have to fix the offensive line and add some guys on defense and obviously some receiving options? So that's a big, you know, a lot of holes to fill for for an offense that is hopefully going to build around Justin Fields as a as opposed to replacing him. So you know that the quarterback is going to run a lot, but we saw a lot of production from, from both running backs at times last season. Uh, I think Herbert could be more explosive than David Montgomery. I think there's a lot to like about Khalil Herbert's game. And so if he's the lead guy there, and you know at, at least a, a 60-40 situation, he's going to be, like I said, a borderline top 20 guy, somebody you start to look for round six, I think, depending on format. Um, but again, it's going to depend on who he's sharing the backfield with. Oh, wow. I, that was actually a little bit... Uh, less optimistic than I thought because when we've seen Montgomery out the last couple years, Herbert has had huge workloads. He's done very well with it, and he's shown explosiveness. You know, but he didn't share. He didn't share, but if he, I think he did share a little bit in uh, in these games. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking a little bit. I yeah. No, I mean, look, nobody gets 100 percent of the touches. But if, if we're talking about them bringing in a day two running back. Then that's you got to be concerned about Khalil Herbert. If they go and sign a obviously not a Jacobs type player or, or Barkley type, but you know if they sign a better than Alexander Madison type of guy, you know, like someone like that, you know, so not necessarily someone you could see coming in that could take the job, but someone that's going to come in and sort of supplement it. A Boston Scott, for example, let's say they bring in Boston Scott as as the compliment, yeah. then I'm very excited about Khalil. Herbert. Right, that'd be great, right? Yeah, like a Jeff right, Wilson. you know. So, but but if it's if it's a, a you know, Thomas joked around in our in our draft yesterday that Madison's going to the Ravens. But if it's Madison to the Bears and it's Madison and, and Herbert competing for the job, how can you trust Khalil Herbert being the better of the two guys there until you see it? You know, so or or until you get word that he's the guy. So that's what I'm saying. It's gotta be better than a 60-40 situation. Yeah. So if it's a 60-40 situation, I think he's around six pick. If it's a 80-20 situation, then yes, he's in that Tony Pollard range for sure. All right, yeah. Dan. If blank goes to the blank, then blank. If the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers, and we know Woody Johnson, if, their owner. Yeah, say, come on. If Aaron Rodgers goes yeah. to the Jets. If Aaron Rodgers it, goes to right. the Jets. Yeah. Garrett Wilson will be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver, and Elijah Moore will be a top 24 fantasy wide receiver. And my case for, the, for them is this. I watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers tape last year, and the big thing is in the beginning part of the year, he did not trust those receivers. He did not trust those receivers for on some of those double moves on the – longer routes and some of the intermediate stuff toward the end of the year. He found trust with one receiver and it was Christian Watson. And he found trust with him because he's damn good at wide receiver and damn good at getting open. Garrett Wilson and Eli Moore are two talents that I believe in. I think Garrett Wilson doesn't profile similarly, but has some similarities in his game to what Devonte Adams does with, uh, with the specifically talking about his footwork and his ability to create separation off the line of scrimmage with his feet. And I think that would translate great with Aaron Rodgers, who's looking to find a receiver who can get open early. So Garrett Wilson is a guy who gets most of the targets, but then Eli Moore, a talent who's been, in my opinion, just buried by this horrific quarterback play for New York. He becomes somebody who you can rely on as a wide receiver too, has some explosive games, overall finishes in that range. And I just really think what's happened there in New York is they've been held back We've seen such bad quarterback play that any upgrade would be big. So even if Derek Carr is the is the is the player and not Aaron Rodgers, I still think Garrett Wilson has probably a little bit more top fifteen range and 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 more maybe top thirty. But both players on the radar with any kind of quarterback upgrade. What if it's Garoppolo? That's a bad question for me because I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a terrible quarterback who is just completely a product of Kyle Shanahan's system. He's better than Zach Wilson. Anyone's better than Zach Wilson. Is he better than Mike White? That's where I start to question it. And I know people think go crazy with that. So I want to make it clear he is better than Mike White. But I don't know that he's so much better than Mike White out of the Shanahan system. All of what Garoppolo did was just get rid of the football quickly. He had like the shortest time to throw. I saw uh, last season before this one when he played most of the season. He's a one-read quarterback. I, for me, it's it's a no-go with Garoppolo. I won't get too excited with him. Because okay. it feels as if... Once Rodgers comes out of his four days in a dark room, yeah. he's going to end up as a member of the Raiders. Everyone thinks um, that, yep. You know, based on everything that you're hearing. And so if he's a member of the Raiders, what do the Jets do? You know, so, do, but does the, it, you know, whenever you start to see he's, before he's traded making visits, New Orleans feels like a destination for Derek Carr because of Dennis Allen connection. So, you know, you start to connect the dots. The Jets 
knowing that Robert Sala's got a relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo to whatever extent, feels like he could be headed there. You know, and so do they go the Baker Mayfield route? You know, do they go, you know, back into the you can't know, go the, that the, route? Huh? You can't go that route, uh, or at least if they go that route, I won't be buying in on Garrett Wilson. Well, that's the thing. More. Yeah, to me, it feels like the, the the Jets almost might get shut out. You know, so um, I, I think Derek Carr would be a great fallback option. There you go, Adam. There's your car price. Uh, yeah. Derek Carr would be a great fallback option to the Jets since you think that if he went to Washington, they'd be the next best team. In yeah, there he is. It's, 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 Putting words in my mouth that it was only a matter of time. Um, well, the, you did send us with the if then examples. If Derek Carr goes to any team, they become a Super Bowl. Right, that was that's right. It's true. And um, he said it was based on what he saw at this uh, Pro Bowl skills competition. <laughs> Carr was like, right, fifth right. ultimate. Um, no, I'm with you, Dan. I, I think they definitely need some some significant quarterback upgrade to make these guys as potentially good as they could be. And and you two as Giants fans should take a lesson that. Just because there might be a malcontent in the locker room, if the talent is there, you try to work through it. The Giants getting rid of Kadarius Tony, the Jets working through the Elijah Moore situation. I'm perfectly fine with the Giants getting rid of Kadarius Tony. He's no, you're not, not. going to play. Yeah, he played one no, snap not. last week and got injured. I mean, no, you're not. who wants that? <laughs> well, let's have that conversation Sunday night. Let's see okay. what he does. Let's see if I he can we, play a full game. I think we've overrated his production on the Chiefs just a little bit. Uh, you know, like, I mean, he barely plays. He's been good on a per snap basis, but it's not like they're giving him a ton of snaps or anything. But it's also the same Kadarius Tony he was with the Giants. Every time he gets the football, it's a design touch. He's not running the routes there. He's not. He's not really running their offense, just like he went with the Giants. Let's see what happens with him and if he can stay on the field. But yes, as you can tell, I am bitter about the situation. <laughs> By the way, I'm working on a stat here. That oh boy, <laughs> I I mean this is this is crazy. If this were true, uh, in the three there were three games where Brees Hall was really given the work. Weeks four, five, six. He had 17, 18, and 20 carries in those games. The first three games, he had six, seven, and eight carries. And then he got hurt in week seven. In those three games, it seems like the Jets averaged about 27 running back carries per game. All quarterback by Zach Wilson, by the way. In the other uh, 14 games they played, it seems like the Jets averaged 18.4 running back carries per game. So that is nine more per game uh, when Brees Hall was, you know, you know, treated as the starting running back. That's another angle that's worth looking at. Unfortunately, those were Zach Wilson games. We know they were much more willing to throw when it wasn't Zach Wilson. Right. But uh, how run heavy will they be? Because Rodgers was on a team that was was his at Rodgers average pass attempts were way down this year. Um, not way down from the last two years, but like way down from previous years, uh, like 32 pass attempts per game, something like that. So. Something to keep in mind if, you, if you're thinking about Elijah Moore, if you're thinking about other options in that passing game. All right. You know what, Jamie? Why don't we talk about your Jacoby Myers prediction since we've sort of talked about similar uh, topics here, guys like Elijah Moore. We talked about Kadarius Tony. Give me your if-then for uh, Jacoby Myers. If Jacoby Myers goes to the Chiefs, then he will be a top 20 fantasy receiver in PPR. Well, I like that. Juju Smith-Schuster did not pull that off this year, so why do you think Jacoby Myers would? So Juju did not have a great season. I don't know how much Juju's just washed, uh, washed up. Yes, in, washed in your up. Phrasing. You. Um, you know, and, and part of it, though, I think with Juju, and, and it kind of brings up Kadarius Tony. this is a very complicated offense to learn. And Juju felt like he was just starting to get going before the concussion in Jacksonville, and then just really everything fell apart for him since then. You know, So I'm hopeful he could have a strong finish. I'm thankful for him, you know, that he got his incentives by making the Super Bowl. If they win the Super Bowl, he gets, I think, up to $5 million in incentives. So, you know, he ended up with a decent payday despite taking a one-year deal because things worked out for him. But I just don't know how much of this is on Juju. And to me, Jacoby Myers feels like if he ends up in the right situation, he could be Christian Kirk this year. An underrated guy that ends up being a very good fantasy asset because he's had some good numbers in New England. You know, he hasn't necessarily had the greatest quarterback play post-Tom Brady. You know, he's had some good moments with the Cam Newton situation, you know, in year one, and then some good numbers with Mac Jones at times. But he's never really been a featured part of a good offense. And I don't know if he has that height, that type of ceiling, but I'd like to see it happen with a great quarterback. And we know the Chiefs receiving core. Juju's on a one-year deal. Hardman's a free agent. Um... They have young guys in Kadarius Tony and, and Sky Moore. Who knows if they decide to move on from Marcos Valdez-Scantling. So there's plenty of opportunities there if, in fact, they decide to go get someone. 
And I think Jacoby Myers is a good enough player in that situation where his fantasy numbers could pop. Yeah, he actually averaged more points per game than Juju Smith-Schuster this year, which is wild. Uh, and it's uh, kind of hard to explain this late-season slump for Juju. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. Before that concussion against Jacksonville, he had three straight games with 88 or more yards, three straight games with 18.8 or more PPR fantasy points. That's Juju. So we we saw, um, we did see him emerge. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Dan, what do you think? Uh, do you think top 20 for Jacoby Myers if he's... Uh, actually, wait, can I follow up real quick? Is this scenario yep. with Tony there, Jamie? I can't imagine Tony's gone. Yeah. Um, oh, know, right, so, of course. Yeah, no, he'll be there. So you'd rank so, Jacoby higher than Tony? Yeah, I'm not ranking Jacoby Myers as a top 20 receiver, but I, I think you could see a path to him having that type of season. You know, I mean, again, you're talking about th- th- this is just completely retooling it without bringing in another significant piece. You know, so would would you be shocked if, if the Chiefs got DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, you know, like one of those type of things. You know, if they lose the Super Bowl, they, they were very aggressive – you know, let's just say the Eagles, because they have great cornerbacks, they just lock down this passing game, right? You know, Mahomes to Kelsey, they get their numbers to, to whatever extent, but this receiving core is completely non, non-existent. Well, what happened last time when their Super Bowl loss to the Bucs? Everybody saw the glaring weaknesses for them. It was the offensive line. And they found ways to get guys that nobody thought that they can get. Wouldn't be surprising if they, you know, Mahomes like, listen, you took away Tyree. I had an MVP season. I know I could do it. But help me out a little bit here, Andy. Come on. You know, Brett Veach, help me out a little bit. You know, get, give me somebody. And they find a way to get a Hopkins. They find a way to get uh, who else is on them? Uh, Keenan Allen. You know, they find a way to get somebody that that's an aging superstar or at least they'll have superstar traits. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. But uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if they go the juju route again and, you know, say, hey, I'm the MVP. You know, come play one year for me. I'll get you paid. Right. And maybe Jacoby Myers has something like that. All right. Let's do one more here, Dan. Give me your Saquon Barkley, if then. Okay, if Saquon Barkley signs with the Jaguars, Dan will cry. And, <laughs> no, I that's Jamie. That's what I want. I don't want them to resign Saquon Barkley what? to the Giants. Yeah, I've made the case already. I, I'm personally, if I ever ran an NFL team, I would never sign a running back to a second contract. I just keep drafting rookies and recycling those four year sure. deals for one million against the cap. But if Saquon Barkley does go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think every single player on that Jaguars offense will be a better, will produce more than what their ADP is. Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, if they keep Ingram, Ingram, and if not, Zay Jones uh, and Christian Kirk. Well, well every player, maybe Why every Jackson? player, but but Travis every ETN player, but every player, Barkley. but Barkley and ETN. I, I mean, I don't even know what this would be. And ETN. ETN. Is this real? Why would he go to it the means, Jaguars? It means buy the Jaguars offense if they can get Saquon Barkley. Because I really do believe watching that offense enough, because I've seen, I probably saw four games of game tape on that offense because I love Trevor Lawrence. They need a running back who's going to be able to run power and gap. When I watch Travis Etienne, he is so poorly processing everything that they want to do. And even if you listen to what Doug Peterson says, he doesn't feel comfortable with Travis Etienne running the football in that system. And to get that passing game to the next level, they need to be able to get a running back in there to run power and gap, to establish something so they can run those five and seven step dropbacks off play action with Trevor Lawrence that gets the deep and intermediate passing game open. What they kind of went to at the end of that season was a pass-first, quick-hitting, quick-game uh, passing game, which can work at times. We saw the Giants do it a little bit at the end of the season, but it doesn't have longevity. If you want to run an offense that can hit those intermediate and vertical shots in the passing game, which is what Trevor Lawrence does best, you need to establish some kind of running game so you can run that kind of play action, five, seven-step drop. And Barkley is the type of back who could run in that system. He just did it with the Giants when they converted to more power and gap concepts with pullers. And I watched way too much Jaguars and saw way too many missed holes from ETN. I just don't think that he's the guy there. I do think, though, if they go that route, though, because they do have a lot of cap issues, yeah, that you're probably – because Barkley's, I'm sure, looking to get some sort of payday. I know he's not looking to break the bank, as he said, but I'm sure he's looking to get some sort of payday. Like I could see more of a – just because it, if you want to have the tie-ins you know, to it, uh, clearly Miles Sanders you know, with the Peterson connection, um, not going to cost as much, right? depending on what his Super Bowl performance looks like. Uh, and Devin Singletary. You know, another guy that, you know, has uh, a connection to that type of system, you know, coming from Buffalo. You know, I so. think as far as the cap goes, though, with them, I know they have the cap issues because they just spent big in free agency, but they're also one of the reason I picked them and I was thinking about them or the Dolphins, but the two of things scares me there with Miami is they're still one of those teams that are in the uh, quarterback, the rookie quarterback window. So with Lawrence 
when you're in that window and you're not paying your quarterback much, you can kind of sometimes push some of these other contracts back or sure. about paying that off later because this is the window where you should spend. Right. I just know like, you know, Ingram's going to cost them if they want to yep. keep him. And Juwan Taylor's a free agent. You know, they have to make a decision. Yeah, there, they right have tackle, spots. You know, so the two big pieces on the offense that I don't know how much running back is a position that they necessarily prioritize fair. to spend big on. According to overthecap.com, the teams with the most salary cap space are the Bears by a, by far, uh, the Falcons, the Giants, Texans, Bengals, Patriots, Seahawks, Ravens, uh, Raiders. You know, those would be the but the Bears, Falcons, Giants, Texans, Bengals, Patriots probably have the most. Like uh, I don't see Saquon leaving the Giants personally. And the Jaguars are in cap hell. They have the fourth worst cap situation. The Saints, Bucks, Vikings, Jaguars, Titans, Chargers, bad cap situation. Okay. The, Saint, the Saints is hilarious because if they find a way, who's the quarterback who they were just rumored to, to be potentially trading for? Was a big name. Carr, yeah. If they found a way to trade for Carr at this point, I, I don't know how much I can believe in the salary cap. If, they, if this happened, like, this was supposed to be the finally, they pushed it all back. I mean, the Saints have been in cap hell since 2012. I don't understand how this has gone. Because the years. cap, the cap really is a joke. I mean, it's it's really if you have the money to spend, you know, I don't know what their financial situation is, but you know, like if they have the the ability to spend the money, then they can move things around and restructure deals and just pay guys. That's the thing. A lot of people look at the cap as like a one year thing. Like Adam just went over who has the most cap space. These teams and have the most. These teams have the least. But it's really a fluid number because you can dip into next year to change your cap number for this year because you're pushing those contracts back. Or you can front or you can do the opposite. And you could it's so it's like a very interesting fluid number. And I kind of agree with Jamie. I look if you're in a cap hell quote unquote for 10 years and you never pay the piper like the Saints never had to, I just don't know if I can believe in it being the the most solid thing. Okay, by the way. I'm looking at an article on CBSports.com from two years ago, February 10th, 2021, just after the Bucks won the Super Bowl, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, the So from that point, dating back to 2009, going through the 2020 season, the average salary for the leading rusher on the Super Bowl winning team, yep. average base salary was around $1.1 million. And then last year was the was the Rams. I mean, you know. And this year is exactly the same. This year Pacheco. it's going to be Pacheco and, or and Sanders. None of them are making right. money. Sanders still on the rookie deal. There's just what's the most like the highest paid base salary to a running back was oh, this, the leading rusher. Percy Harvin, is that right? I mean, if you're Super resigning, Bowl, I don't know if that it, was in the Super Bowl or not. But yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line is. Spending money on running back is not necessary to win Super Bowls. It might even be a bad idea. I think we all know not, that. It's a definite bad idea. If the Giants re-sign Barkley, they're praying he's an outlier to, to everything that we know about paying that position. But we'll see what happens, I guess. All right, I got some tweets here from the audience. Uh, their thoughts on if blank goes to the blank, then blank. We have a few minutes for this, guys. So let's fire through these from Alex Vanderplug. If T. Higgins goes to the Bears, then Justin Fields is a top two quarterback. Not for me. No, but it makes him much more attractive. Uh, He's yourself as a top five guy. Teddy Roosevelt. If Josh Jacobs goes to any team on a big contract, then he should be expected to fall back to his career average or worse. Classic contract year performance. Agreed. Yeah, that's fair. Mm, not sure I agree. Depends on the team, but it, I would lean more. We need to see that. the fit, yeah. I think he's a solid player. If, if he has a good offensive line, I think he could have a really good year. Um. But, if he goes to the Bears. Well, they've had offensive line issues for sure. Yeah, I don't love that O-line. Plus, I wouldn't expect a lot of catches if he went to the Bears. I don't know. What if he went to the Falcons? If he went to the Falcons, I think he could have his best year. Or maybe not. No, not his second best year. It wouldn't be this good. <laughs> right? But no, if he went to the Falcons, you'd be excited about that, right? It's not a bad spot, I guess. Um, no, I, I, would, I would be okay with it. But, I mean, I, I still think he's sharing with Algier. Uh, from Henrik, if Aaron Jones goes to wherever, A.J. Dillon is a top 12 running back. Is Aaron Rodgers the quarterback or Jordan Love? I would guess Love in this scenario. Yeah, in this scenario, they're kind of reloading and retooling. Um, no, I wouldn't take him as a top 12 with, with Jordan Love running that offense. I was unusually happy to get Jordan Love in our 
Superflex draft. The Superflex. Yes. I felt that same way about Dynasty. Trey Lance. Dynasty. Yeah. yeah. Trey Lance, mid-round three in Superflex Dynasty. I'll take that any time. It was a very good pick, yeah. And then I got Thank the you. other, the, the actual starting quarterback for the 49ers. You got Brock Purdy. Purdy. Like round yeah. 10. <laughs> Is that whatever That's all, That'll be great in Dynasty when we look, when we look at this in two or three years. It seems like the Packers are going to bring Aaron Jones back from all indications. A.J. Yes. Dillon, I'm not sure... I'm not sure what he is right now. I don't know if he's an every down back. Probably not. He was pretty disappointing this year, I he thought. He was, yeah. From Fantasy Ball, if Lamar Jackson goes to the Falcons, Kyle Pitts is top five. What do you think, Jay? Oh, wow. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Good call. And from Aaron St. Dennis, if Derek Carr goes to the Saints, then Chris Olave is a top 10 wide receiver. I don't know if I'd say top 10, but I, I certainly say top 20, maybe top 15. Yeah, probably a little more. 20, top 20 for me. You know, as disappointing as Derek Carr was, Rodgers had a terrible fantasy season. He was not even a top 20 quarterback on a per-game basis. So I'll just ask you guys, you know, with that setup, is there any doubt in your mind that you'd rather have, if you were an NFL franchise or had a fantasy-wide receiver, that you'd rather have Aaron Rodgers than Derek Carr? Is, it, is Rodgers clearly... A better quarterback still than Carr to you? Well, I would say Aaron Rodgers with Derek Carr's weapons, which is what he would have, which by the way is his old weapon, um, is a better quarterback. I completely agree. If he went to Vegas, rapport has already been built with Adams. He'll be a much better. Just, option just a simple that. question: You think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than yes. Carr? Yes. Yes. Still. Okay. Still. You don't? No, I do. I just. I'm not high on Carr to begin with, so. Yeah. Carr is interesting because you look at his season. He had three games that were absolutely horrible. Uh, you remember the Saints game? Yep. Scored less than three points. Um, he looked really bad against the Steelers that game they lost. Well, that game was cold. Yeah. He, he, he's so bad in the cold. So bad in the cold. And then cold. he had this Rams game where he was terrible. Yeah, don't go to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or Washington. Right. Go to the Dolphins. But um, Carr had more 20 fantasy point games than Daniel Jones, more than Trevor Lawrence. And I think he had one less than Kirk Cousins. But he was like living at 20. Yeah, he never has been. Like if his address had a number, it would be 20. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's that's the thing about Carr is he has so few big games. He uh, has now gone two straight seasons without a 30 fantasy point game yeah. in six-point passing touchdown league. so hard for him to get there when he doesn't run at all. Right, he's not a prolific Cousins, Cousins a does it, and Cousins doesn't Right, but much. he's a more prolific passer, in my opinion, than Derek Carr. Yeah. Adam, why'd you take Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson? He's better than Justin Jefferson, and he's tied to Joe Burrow. This is a dynasty question. I took Jamar Chase number one overall in dynasty. Uh, he's he's tied to Joe Burrow for years and years and years. Yes. There's some uncertainty about Kirk Cousins. Uh, I support that decision, Adam, but I do not support the decision of taking him where you took him in that draft in a super flex. Oh, you would have taken Mahomes? In my opinion, in a super flex, quarterback is worth, in dynasty, quarterback is basically worth everything. Yeah, my my quarterbacks ended up being Tua and Derek Carr. Tua may not play. <laughs> Wasn't great. Ever again. I wanted to see how it turned out, you know, but I think Jamar Chase is the most valuable player in Dynasty. So it took him. Non-quarterback, you're talking about in Superflex, right? Well, obviously I... No, obviously I think even okay. quarterback. But I understand where you're coming from. Jamie, who would you have taken 1-1? Superflex. I would have taken Mahomes or Allen. And if you were going to take a wide receiver, it would have been who? I still would have taken Jefferson. I would have went Chase with you, Adam, so I got you. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the Super it, Bowl it was, preview. It was the best best round ever when it went Bellinger and Darius Slayton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our bad. Uh, and, uh, did you hear what, did you hear what Travis Kelsey Mike said about Bellinger? Kelsey gave a shout-out to Bellinger, one of the young tight ends he likes coming up, Travis oh, Kelsey. I so. did not hear that. It might have been a Giants know? reporter who asked him the question, so I don't know. Uh, Jamie, just so you know, a little, little sneak peek for tomorrow. I do believe I'm changing my pick. So find out why. Chiefs? Yeah, Whoa. I think so. I think so. Wow. Find out why. You're going off the greatest team ever? Uh, tomorrow's show. You're going against the greatest team to ever play 16-1 and one if Jalen Hurts never got hurt? Hey, man, the Giants once beat the Patriots. Things happen. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.